0: hello and welcome back to let's all laugh at the football podcast that thrives at someone else's expense i'm george and i'm joined by johnny and andrew and our first guest for quite a while it's a big one biggest one so far uh brighton hove albion fan extraordinaire founder of seagull social uh why how you doing mate
1: that's quite a re- quite an intro for me there
0: <laughs> always like to big up our guests as much we can <laughs> Been a long one in the making, this one. That's part of why most of these have been pushed back, we're just trying to organise times and that. Uh, but we're here finally, a lot to talk about. So only one place to start, really. We always, we always like to sort of before we get into the actual games, we like to sort of sum up the team as a whole. That's where we get fans on for different perspectives. Sum up Brighton as a whole, really. I mean, it's been same old for a very long time, really. I mean, what, what have you made of, of the start of the season and the last, the last few months, last year or so?
1: As you say, pretty same old. Um we've been dominating games consistently almost. You know, we've been going into games like United, a game where we're not expected to win by any means, but then we come out of it really disappointed with but yeah, no, it's been it's been one of those ones where it's been very frustrating. I think it's hard to blame, you know, Graham Potter for this. I think it's one of those where we've got to sort of look at the players because it's obvious that Graham's, you know, sort of got the players playing some sort of football that we would never have seen before, and now obviously we're, we're playing games, we're dominating games, we're having plenty of shots, but they're not going. <laughs> the biggest issue for us, and once we start managing to get those those shots converted to goals, that's when that's when things change.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just a case of having you know having loads of the ball, and looking like looking the better team for a lot of the games, and just not being able to finish. I mean, to be fair, some of it is just genuinely bad luck, like the United game. I mean, I still to this day don't know how they won that match with all the, you know, the VAR controversy and all that. We won't get into that again, you know, for the for the sake of for your own sanity and for the that, that we've talked about it before. Yeah, Johnny, I mean... As someone who has supported a team that's historically known for playing good football, all right, Brighton don't have the world-class players that you had in the likes of the Invincibles era, but, you know, I, can you sort of see what, what are Brighton sort of lacking that is sort of le- is not taking them to that next level? Aside from obviously scoring goals, like what is it they, they could be doing better, do you think?
2: Well, I don't know because whenever we play them, they seem to beat us. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, honestly, they, they're a bogey side for us at the moment. Brighton, we can't beat them. I, I that they're a good side. I mean, it, that Man United game was beyond a joke. I still, I sort of understand was Razambo, but yeah, Brighton, they're a good side. They've got some good players. I like that Trossard, a really like a decent player, and uh, I, I like the Iranian. I, is it Yukan, Yukan Bash? Is that his name? So I just said it wrong, but yeah, I've, I like Neil Mopai as much as I uh, well, I dislike him, but I like him at the same time. I, I like playing. He's a sort of player, nil mo but if he plays for you, you love him. Play against him, you hate him. That's right. That's yeah, it. I've said
0: the same thing for a long time.
2: <laughs> like him, I think, I think he's, a, he's a nuisance, isn't he? Like he gets in good positions. He's kind of like that play. He doesn't score a lot of goals, like Premier League goals, but he always he kind of reminds me of a little bit, but better. Like a like a like a Shane Long sort of player. Like he just he just doesn't stop running, and I, I do like him. Lamptey, I mean the, the
3: times I've watched Brighton I thought Lamptey was their best player I mean when we played you guys I, I'm a Newcastle fan by the way When we played you, he <laughs> tore us apart <laughs> he was, He's been quality hasn't he? He scored as well the other day Getting himself into these sort of attacking positions now
1: um, and it's a, it's a right back role that we haven't really seen. You know, we've had Bruno, who was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but um, he wasn't didn't have the pace that that Lamberty has. And I think Lampty was amongst the top ten in Europe. I think he was actually ahead of Ronaldo one week, which is a just incredible. Something like thirty six, thirty seven kilometers an hour in a sprint, which is just unbelievable.
3: Chelsea yeah. Like because I know he made his debut for Chelsea, and then he like he, they had higher hopes for him, but then he just suddenly joined Brighton
1: in a contract that he rejected um, purely because of the Rhys James situation. He sort of had that um, that role, didn't he? He had the right-back role pretty much set in stone. I think Lamptey's shown that, you know, what young players should be doing is going to perhaps a smaller club and, um, you know, getting that experience and getting that game time and really starting to flourish. But yeah, I think we picked him up for around 3 million. I think it was an initial one and a half. So, absolute bargain.
0: Yeah, I mean... You mentioned Graham Potter before. I was talking on Twitter about how, with the sort of form that Brighton are in, he could, you know, I, I'm surprised if he's not coming under pressure. To be, I mean, we had a bit, a little bit of an argument about that. To, just to be absolutely clear, I'm not saying he should get the sack because I think, like you're saying, a lot of it is out of his control. He can't control if, you know, what the referees do, for instance. But I, I, I was more so talking about the sort of culture that we're seeing in football nowadays of how if results don't come. Clubs do like to pull the trigger very quickly, albeit Brighton haven't been like that in recent years. Even, even with Chris Hughton, they didn't wait, wait until the end of the season to get rid of him. So they're not. I know they're not the sort of clubs do that. I was just mainly thinking about, you know, like it, it is getting to that case for Brighton where they do seem to get the results when they need it. To be fair, I don't think they've been in the relegation zone for something like, you know, since August 2017 or something like that. Yeah, it's
1: 2017. But yeah, no, I hear what you're saying about, um, about Potter, but. At the same time, as I say, it's not his fault. I mean, he can't yeah. physically finish Mope's chances for him. He can't physically be in, in the box and tucking them away for anyone. You know, he, he's doing what he can do. He's making the team play the way that they are. I mean, let's face it, our team, you know, isn't exactly the highest of quality. Um, I think if you saw Graham Potter at a, at a big club, if he was in charge of United right now, he'd be getting the best out of those players. And I, and I honestly believe that. Mm. Um, so I think it's I think it's difficult to say that Grand Pod should be under fire but yeah results wise it's not looking very pretty at all
3: I think the lucky thing you guys have is Sheffield United, Fulham, Burnley and West Brom are worse than you so that should probably help because there's those four teams I know Fulham beat West Brom but they're atrocious
1: as we're recording this so I'm on to see only at home I think for about seven years so um, yeah. there seems to be sort of club i against to be honest I just
0: yeah I think Burnley as well the sort of club that, um, that play a football that's difficult for you to play against a bit like we do where they're happy to sit back and let you have possession and soak up the pressure they're not quite as fast on the counter attack as we are but they have a lot more physical players the likes of barnes chris wood etc so yeah it, i think it will be a tough game for you then and speaking of games we mentioned the palace brighton game i mean that's that feels like such an ages ago now doesn't it i mean almost three weeks at this point pretty much sun both of our teams up uh we literally had one shot on target for the whole game which was the penalty, which I'll be honest, I I thought it was a ridiculous decision. I didn't think it was a penalty at all. I also think the goal that we did score that was ruled offside was more of a goal than the actual penalty. But So maybe you know swings and roundabouts, I suppose, but either way. And yeah, then you guys get an equaliser in the last minute with McAllister. A lot of our fans are upset with the performance. I don't blame them, because obviously as a Palace fan, you want to see us having more shots against Brighton at home, and we didn't play well. But at the same time, I feel like we had the right approach to that game, because like I said, you are a team, again, if you sit back and stop their chances they won't score that many Brighton don't tend to score that many and you can hit them on the break because their defense isn't the best either you know that's normally how teams tend to beat Brighton but we just weren't urgent enough on the counter-attack really
1: it's so frustrating you know I think we had what 20 shots but then with that being said we didn't have any real clear-cut chances bar the Mope chance which I, I don't even know what he was trying to do there he, he has a one-on-one and he's trying to take it around three players instead but yeah it was a frustrating game trying to get my memory back into it now it's a good it was a good strike from Alexis that it took a bit of a deflection, didn't it? But I think it was at least we deserved there to get a point.
3: How's Lalana been doing? <laughs>
1: um in particular Tottenham, uh, the last game, uh, Lampti, uh sorry, Lolana for me was man in the match, he just absolutely ran the show. I think he, I think it's what I've been saying for a while that we need to have that experience and sort of before we were playing with Alzate and Bissuma, who don't get me wrong, fantastic talents, but you know they need to be coached by someone like Lalana, who's been there at the top level and done it at the top level, and can help these young players. So yeah, Lalana has really
3: done it at the top level. You just watched the you know, players. It.
1: <laughs> it's a little bit harsh. <laughs> he spent a long time in the uh, treatment room, but no, I think if you ask any <laughs> Liverpool fan, they'll tell you that they'll tell you that Lalana, you know, on his day, he is as good as he can get, and I think we're seeing the best of him um, at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean Liverpool fans were definitely rating the signing. I remember Liverpool fans were really rating the signing when you made it. I mean, Lalana sort of did break that structure you had of signing younger players with the potential to be better Potter style, I think, and on higher wages as well, um, Lalana. But I think again because you brought in, I don't think I don't remember you buying a, or bringing in a big name Premier League player and like the whole team since time since you've been promoted before that one. It was it was younger players with more potential, so I think it was a good. It was a good fit to have him, like you saying, and can mentor the younger midfielders like of Alzate, likes of Alzate, McAllister, people like that. And I think that, provided he could stay fit, you know, it, he did go off during the Chelsea game, and I'm sure it probably gave you a bit of a scare there, but he's he seems to have turned it around as, in regards to that. And yeah, I mean, he can, if for your sake, hope he can continue it on. <laughs> All right, so, I mean, there's it, the other performances, though. West Brom and Tottenham, not the worst performances in the world. I mean, West Brom's second half was pretty dire, to be fair. But... Uh, it was, again, it was it was just, a, I, I keep saying same old, but there's not really much else you can say before that, besides that.
1: probably the worst we've played this season, in particular that second half. First half, we should have been dead and buried. We should have been two or three and up.
2: Mm. We should have been
1: coasting, but we weren't. Second half, I then puts pressure on them. Yeah, we just got absolutely battered second half. I don't even know what was going on, but, you know, to fair play to West Brom. They took their, their only chance, and, and to be honest, <laughs> towards the end of it, they probably should have had another one, so...
0: Yeah, well, it's, it'll definitely be a big game against Burnley. I'll be interested to see how that one goes. And I think if, like you said, because it's a game that you don't have the best record in, I think if you can get a result there, it'll be a big confidence booster. And I know you're, it's, you're not really a team that works with momentum. Like even when you win a game, like when you beat Arsenal, like I don't. I think the next one you won after that was Norwich. I mean, I know you had a couple of good performances, but the results sort of it's it's a good like it's a good performance every so, a good result every so often in that case. I mean, to be honest, well,
1: no, saying that under. Under Hewton, it was a bit of a momentum thing. I think we'd go three games and then we'd fall off and we'd come back for two and then go off again. But with, yeah, with Potter, yeah, I do agree. It's it's a bit hit and miss. But as I say, I don't want to slate him because I do like him and I like what he's trying to do. And I do think in the future, it's just taking chances right now.
0: Yeah. Okay then uh, we'll we'll move on and we'll go on to uh, you next, Johnny, and Arsenal. You've had the most games out of us by quite a distance in the Premier League and the Europa League. Uh, So just rattle through them. Manchester City 1-0 at the Etihad. Rapid Vienna in the Europa League. Leicester at home losing 1-0. Dondolk, a 3-0 win. And then most notably, Manchester United last week, a 1-0 win away from home. So how do you rate the last three weeks or so? Well,
2: I mean, against Man City... I thought was a little bit unfortunate with uh, our, our mate VAR. We had a blatant penalty we should have had, but uh, it wasn't a bad performance. I don't think City completely dominated us. I just think they took that they had that one chance and took it. Uh, the Dunport game was pretty awful. I know, uh, we won, won three 0 but um, it wasn't great. Leicester, oh, it was just one of them. As soon as I saw Jamie Vardy come on, I just knew he'd score a goal. That's what he does against us every single time. But um, against United, I thought we were superb. Well, we were good, but Man United were just. Utterly terrible. And, uh, you know, when you go to Old Trafford, well, back in the day, you used to to fear going to Old Trafford. But now, it doesn't matter who you are. You go to Old Trafford, you can get a result. Because defensively, they are so poor. And I'm sure we'll get to their defensive failties later on. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) I I thought we played really well. Um, It wasn't vintage Arsenal, by any any stretch of the imagination. But um, we never looked like conceding a goal. I think United had probably two or three chances. That was it, really. Yeah, it was it was a good performance and it's good to see Bamian get a goal again. You know, five games without a goal, but yeah, um, it's it's looking good to be fair. Um, Thomas Partey definitely he's repaid. his forty five million already because I'm he's a, what a player uh, already. So only been a couple of games. <laughs> I know, but uh, honestly, he was he ran that show and um, another massive heads up to uh, El Nenny as well because he's he's a different player under Arteta. Um, we got Molder, Moldy, whatever they call it tonight. So yeah, but yeah, it's going well. I'm I'm more than happy at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean Ryan. Obviously, the lot's been made over Mikel Arteta and similar to sort of Potter in a way, they've inherited squads on a lot of a bit of a downward slope and they've sort of had to do a rebuilding job, a younger rebuild. What do you make, in terms of what sort of similarities can you see between Arsenal and Brighton in terms of the management and the structure um, that the managers have put in place nowadays? I think that
1: Saka, he reminds me a lot of Lamptey in a weird way. You know, they, they sort of play the same sort of thing. But yeah, Arsenal... I don't know. I don't know what's going wrong at Arsenal. I think, in terms of being right up there again, I think midfield-wise they're not creating enough. And I don't understand. If I was in charge of Arsenal, I'd be thinking Errol oh, needs to be in there to, to be creating. Yang and, and Lacazette on his day, Pepe as well. You know, you've got those quality, quality players, but you're not normal. And
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. In terms of the Arteta job, I mean, we asked, I, mean, I feel like I'm asking this question every week at this point. But how do you actually see the progress coming along, Johnny? Do you think that? I mean, because at some, I mean, he's been here pretty much a year, and I think it's coming up to to a year now. Um, you need to start making progress back towards that top four as quickly as possible. Do you think you're on? Do you think you're on track?
2: I think it's a, it's a slow process, but um, I know we, we're in eighth at the moment, but we you know four points off of second. So, you know, it was it was, it was a big win. Man United on Sunday. Um, I can see what I is trying to do. I mean, I think a lot of the players are, build, are, are buying into what he wants. I mean, as for Mesut Ozil, I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes of why he isn't playing. I mean, like, you know, we, if, we, we need a creative midfielder, and there's not there, there aren't many on his day that are better than Ozil. But um...
3: he's not he's not very good anymore. <laughs>
2: Sorry, he's just he was good
3: no, back no. in like 2016 or something. He's he's been crap. <laughs> like he had that great game against Leicester <laughs> last year, but he is crap now. He doesn't create anything. I just, I just think he's got the best PR ever. He, he was a brilliant player in 2010 in the World Cup. He tore us to pieces. He's a brilliant footballer for Real Madrid, and he was good for Arsenal for the first couple of years. But he's crap now. He's not as good. He's not the same player anymore.
0: How long have you been holding that one for, when, Andrew? <laughs>
3: he is, he's just like, he's just on like Fortnite all the time. Arsenal <laughs> fans forget that when he was. Under Wenger, he used to pull out of games constantly with this little back problems when it was away games. He's like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to pay for Ganasaurus. He's on 350 grand a week.
2: Yeah, he's being paid 200 grand.
0: Let Johnny get a word in. It. He might be able to say <laughs> something about it.
2: <laughs> to say Mesozal is, is crap. I mean, that's that's a. <laughs> I can't disagree more more than that, really, because I mean, it, it, he hasn't been as good for Arsenal over the past couple of seasons as he probably should be and yeah he's on yeah he's on 350 grand a week and blah 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 but I I don't think him not playing for Arsenal is is technically his fault I think there's a lot going behind the scenes obviously early on in the year with his comments about the the Uyghur Muslims and things like that I think that's I think that's a massive thing of why he's not playing at the moment and I think it's I thought like Arsenal obviously big brand out in China and I think if, if you don't piss off China and then just take him out of the squad that's what I think anyway
3: like i'll give you an example like when you guys played chelsea in the europa league final year he literally did not contribute anything to that much like and then he, he got subbed and he'd like it's all about him like slumps off i just i thought he was a great player and he was brilliant but he's not as good anymore and i if he was so good why are clubs not going to try and get him like, well, I imagine
0: his wage
3: is probably a quite big yeah, part of that. Right. I don't I think anyone yeah, wants to pay 300 it be, grand a week. There would be it. like a lot of
2: other clubs looking at him, but they've watched him and you he know he's not as good as he used to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he is a decent amount of money, but then you know, if someone offered me 350 grand a week to uh to play two games a month, I, I wouldn't be saying no. Um, uh, it's, it's a dreadful contract to give him, you know, uh, the board b- before now, um, you know, but it is what it is, and you know, if we if we could get rid of him somehow. Um, then they could free up more money, but I just don't see I don't see him leaving um, because because of the wages.
0: Yeah, I think the the Erzulus thing is sort of, it's, that ship has sort of sailed, so to speak. I think they'll probably run down his contract, and Arteta oh, clearly has no intention of using him anymore. So we'll probably be talking. It'll be a hot topic on here, I'm sure, while that goes on, especially if this panel's anything to go by. But yeah, we'll move on to you then, Andrew. It's been a long Newcastle have been up to a lot. Well, I say a lot. They've been up to a lot and very little at the same time since we last had you on. What have you made of of your season so far?
3: <laughs> it's not the most attractive football to watch, um, to be honest. <laughs> I think the positives have been Darlow coming as a sub goalie and Callum Wilson's been very good. It's good to, I mean, the result against Everton was very good. The performance against Wolves was atrocious. It was daylight robbery, to be honest. We had one shot, one goal. <laughs> and yeah. We really did. Well, well does
0: that sound familiar?
3: <laughs> we didn't deserve Um It's a bit strange, like, but. I think Hendrick and Fraser were okay signing solid Premier League players but I mean realistically we're going to probably come 13th 14th not really going to be a very interesting season to be honest highlight probably said Maxim watching him play is you know he's exciting to watch but um yeah I mean I mean Steve Bruce is I think he's lucky in that there are like I said I think there's four teams who are atrocious in the Premier League at the moment in that Fulham, Sheffield, Burnley and West Brom, so we should be safe. Yeah, it's not. I think the Premier League quality has gone down a bit from uh, under the top six. So, um, and I think we we're an example that we're you know we're not struggling because the quality has gone a bit down.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ryan, you actually, you beat Newcastle at St. James's. It's the only win of the season so far, but a very good win. I mean, Newcastle seem to be the team that, you know, they're supposed to be good, very good defensively, but occasionally they'll just drop off and concede a load in one game. Like, what? Like how do you, it's, it's I mean, it's about trying to find consistency for them, I suppose. For any team down the bottom, really, isn't it? Trying to find yeah. consistency. I think you could argue that. I think
1: if you asked anyone from the bottom six, they'd tell you the exact same thing. But yeah, that day against Newcastle was just... I think, to be honest, it was a day where they just couldn't work out Tarek Lamptey. They just let him completely destroy him. Destroy them, sorry. And let them tear him apart. Because I think, wasn't it... saint Maximan went off after half an hour after getting completely bullied by him. I don't think I've ever seen a worse performance than saint Maximan's in my life, to be honest, in half an hour. Um, but... <laughs> you watch Harry
3: Maguire.
1: You watch any Harry Maguire performance yeah it probably does top that but <laughs> no yeah with Newcastle that yeah I think you're probably right it's the it's the consistency but they made a good signing in in Callum Wilson I I do rate him I was quite jealous when they signed him and people were saying oh maybe it won't work is a lot of money um, but I, I I rated the signing and he and he does look good he scored what six goals this season and for the England England squad, um squad but.
3: I mean Abraham gets to the England squad, he's hardly played and uh, Wilson plays every game. I mean just... uh, Yeah. we'll get we'll get to the England squad shortly, don't worry. But yeah. T- yeah. I think he's done really well and I think for the price we got him at twenty million, when Joe Linton's forty million, anything looks good at twenty million.
1: <laughs> so, I mean I mean I've seen people saying, Oh yeah, well it's because he doesn't fit Bruce Ball, uh by the neutral. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking potentially one of the biggest flops to a club like Newcastle you know a club that spending 40 mil if you're spending 40 mil as Newcastle you know you need to be getting a good return to me I just think well I don't even know what's going wrong now
0: yeah I mean it's I don't understand I mean that'll definitely go down as one of the weirder Premier League transfers of all time but we'll give uh, we'll give a bit of a nod to we'll give a well we'll we'll give Palace a quick mention for a while because there's not much else to say about us really. I mean a bit like Bryson, it's the same old. I've always I, I heard someone say uh we've we've we're a team we only have one game plan. We're a team that always plays away. And that's basically right. You know, we set up to counter, and sometimes teams work. A it works, like against Fulham. Sometimes against Wolves, it doesn't, which you'd think it would. I thought it would work against Wolves, because they're the sort of team like us that do better out of possession. But the one game we have more possession in is the one game we lose. So, well, I say one game. It's not the only one we've lost this season. But, yeah, I think, to be fair, it wasn't a great performance, I have to say, that the Wolves won. I think the you know, the 2 fullbacks, Klein and Van Holt, made some pretty bad mistakes. But at the same time, I think Wolves are just a very good team. I know they're a bit inconsistent themselves, but... <laughs> I think they just had better players than us all over the pitch, so you know it's a tough one to take. Uh, we've got Leeds this week, which I think will be another tough test. You know, I'm I'm sure Patrick Bamford is going to score against us because that's just how it works. It's mad to see how far he's come, but yeah, it's I don't know. We'll, well, just I don't I don't imagine. I mean, again, even even if we do somehow go on the sort of awful form that we had at the end of last season, I think Andrew's right in that the four teams five or six if you want to throw Newcastle or Brighton in there I don't know uh, but either way there's at least three teams in the league worse than us so I don't think we have to worry about that and I don't think we'll get sucked into the relegation battle for more than a couple of weeks if that so you know a mid-table fan you know <laughs> would you rather just get relegated to the championship and have something to win or would you rather
1: just think well, we're not going to win the league we're not going to come into the Europa League but we're not going to get relegated so are we happy
0: <laughs> I could I could ask you the same question, to be fair. Um, but yeah, no, that's the sort of debate. Negation candidates, to be honest, I don't
1: think we're by any means mid table yet. I think we've still got a bit of a way to go before we can safely say. At the beginning of a season, we're not going to get relegated because I say that with a straight face now, we're not going to get relegated.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. We're definitely more comfortable than you guys are, but also, like, you're all in that 14th, 15th sort of slot, so it's sort of like you're on the edge, but not quite there. But anyways, in terms of Palace, that is something, I mean, that's the the discussion that's dominated our fan base for a long time. It's, you know, do we actually want to take risks and risk going down? And I I think, in terms of Roy Hodgson, I think this is probably going to be his last season. I think he is... He is obviously at the end of his contract. and I think fans are just fed up and they want a new direction. So and I understand it because when it doesn't work, it is very frustrating. But at the same time, we do have to get the next appointment right. Because, I mean, ultimately, we've got a board that don't want to risk Premier League whilst they're here. You know, whether it's because they don't have the financial backing or if it's just not how they want to operate. That's that's what we have right now. So I think we just sort of have to enjoy being a mid-table club. I mean, I think we have to look at clubs.
3: um, for all these clubs, like like I find this as a Newcastle fan, like what is the best thing that you you, you can achieve? Like I even I started to think probably what ninth, eight and maybe a good cup run.
0: Well, it's it's Europa League is what our fans want. They want a shot in Europe because they've seen pubs like Burnley do it on s- much smaller budgets and with much worse Burnley squads got on paper, and it gets.
3: <laughs> get into the Europa League yeah but it's it's still people. better than what I mean <laughs> I agree,
0: but it's still better than what we did, and people particularly after being in the Premier League, I think it's our eighth season now or seventh or something like that, so it's been a long time, so you know i I just i again i'm I'm not bothered i mean if we if we finish twelfth every season for the next for the next few years, that's fine by me. I'm really not that bothered personally. I'm happy to be in the Premier League, but I get slated for a lack of ambition, so I doubt this conversation's ever really gonna go away
1: I do think any club down there should be able to push for Europe. Like I don't mm. think there's any reason why you can't, because, as you said, Burnley did it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to see it happen. It's just, but I don't think that should be our... When you set that as the minimum bar, like some of our fans are doing, you're just asking for trouble there. I mean, I don't need to name how many teams have been too ambitious. But anyways, we'll move on, because there's a few... Well, we mentioned... Because we mentioned the England squad before. Because it's it's been revealed it was it was announced today. There's not too many changes. The one the notable one for me, the notable addition for me, is Phil Foden. Um, obviously after the whole scandal was dropped after the last couple of games, Mason Greenwood not there though, or well, not that I could see. So I'm not sure. I don't know if he's injured or suspended or whatever, so he can't play. But either way, that's if it's not the case, then it's interesting. He picked one and not the other. I mean, I don't I don't really need to. I just suppose I don't really need to ask your thoughts on it, Ryan. <laughs> I think
1: it's quite quite unknown that I'm not a big Southgate fan, but. You know, he's still living off the World Cup. We're still living off the 2018 World Cup. We've still got the same team as we have back then. And, and football moves too fast for that. You know, that's two and a half years ago now. You know, the teams, players have changed. Players have moved on. There's new players that are better players. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to mention Duncan again. I don't think he does warrant being in this England team for the first time in probably a good year. Um wow, But support. then you see the likes... I don't. I don't think he's been as good this year in our best centre, bit, centre back. This half, um, this start of the season, that Lampsi could have been in there. But then, with that said, you know you got Trent Alexander Arnold, who's pretty. Lampsi could have had a chance of that. I wouldn't say White. Oh no, I no, probably wouldn't say Webster. So I can't really complain on that front. But yeah, the whole England team as a whole, it's just like I just I don't, I don't understand the logic behind it. We're picking favourites rather than players that are actually on form. And I guarantee, as soon as the first start eleven comes out, it's going to be the exact same Pickford, Maguire, etc. team that we've seen since 2018.
2: I, I, don't, I don't understand how can he is anyone near that team. I don't, I don't, he's, got, he's got one, one Premier League goal this season, and you've got players like Danny Ings who's not, he's not in the team makes zero <laughs> on the pitch. Really? Yeah, and you know I'm, I'm a bit of a little bit biased, but I know, know everyone can run. But surely, if we, he's got a lot of goals this season, Eddie and like that, but surely would be called up. I don't understand how. Abraham's anywhere near that team. He's utter dross. If, if, he, if he was playing for anybody else, he wouldn't get any, because he's playing for one of the top teams. That's the, that's the only reason why he's in that team. I don't understand it at all.
3: I think Bamford and Callum Wilson deserve a shot. And K has scored against us last year. Has he scored that many goals in the Prem though?
2: I mean, he's he's scoring goals in the in the in the, in the cups and stuff and Europa you know, League scoring goals. I just think you know he's, he's... Europa League is like <laughs> oh <laughs> no, you know, but in the, the day. If, he, if he's scoring goals in the league and the in the cups and stuff, you know he's 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 scored a lot of goals for England under twenty ones. He's got he's scoring a lot of goals. So surely he he's goes- on
0: better form than I think he's on better form than Abraham is is the argument you should be yeah. using. Franny
3: yeah. Fran Jeffers scored a lot of goals for England under twenty ones. <laughs> surely
2: you know. If you're, tell me, Abraham that scored one Premier. League. I know he scored last night for Chelsea against Wren, but surely you got to pick players that sc- you're a striker. Your, your job is to score goals. If you're not scoring goals, you should be in the team. You know, Danny Ings is, is scoring goals for fun. Surely he's 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 got to be in that team. He's got he's he's scoring so many goals. And he doesn't he get, doesn't get looking. I think like...
0: Ings is injured, to be fair. So I think he's out for about four to six weeks. So I think that's why he dropped him. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm,
2: I'm, you're right. I'm I'm I'm, not, I'm not clear with playing actually. I'm, I'm not even playing. I I'm not i with
0: it. Yeah, I haven't either. I, I I haven't got the results on me. I'm afraid. Um,
2: I've got a clue with yeah. playing. Okay. Yeah, no, I think
0: it's the qual I think it's the qualifier. I think I think Republic of Ireland is one of them. I haven't, I've got, I haven't got the others up with me. Uh, but the one in terms of the strikers, the one that surprises me, the omission, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is uh, Patrick Bamford. I mean, he's got what six goals already for Leeds. Um, I know it's he's only been in the league the, the, a couple of months. Maybe it's a bit early. I can understand the argument, but still, if you're going on form, and you know, again, I don't think i be, I didn't think I'd be saying that five years ago. <laughs> you know, his loan spell with us seems a long time away now. But yeah, I mean, there's not much point covering this too much further because we say the same thing every time. You know, I think. You know, Southgate, you know, obviously former Palace captain. I want to root for him. But at the same time, you know, you have, you've got to question the decisions. And I think the, I said before with the World Cup, I thought he was going to learn from it. And he looked like he had and we would be able to take it forward with the Nations League games. But since then, it's just sort of we've sort he's sort of slipped back into the same traps the old managers have been making. And, you know, may, maybe it'll turn turn around someday. But for the time being, it's not it's not looking good, really.
1: So we've got Ireland at home. And
0: then
1: Belgium away, and then Iceland at home. So,
0: yeah. I think, although we did beat them, didn't we, last time? Uh, yeah, pe- penalty in the last minute, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so.
3: We're
0: yeah, we're playing we're playing Iceland again, yeah, because it's a Nations League, isn't it? We played them away, and now we've got to play them at home. Or was it at home? Away.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll move on quickly before you can bring that up again. So, before we get onto to the Let's All Laugh at, the big topic that's been in the. In the news for a couple of weeks now, which we've I've warned we've, we've wanted to cover for a long time and haven't had the chance, is the PPV pay per viewing, um, where basically the Premier League was charging 15 pounds per match for all the games that weren't being televised normally on you know Sky and BT and all that. So and obviously this this had this had a lot of fan backlash. Loads of people weren't happy with it. People saying it was a disgrace and all that. And I totally agree. I think, you know, for particularly for a game that's supposed to be the working man's game, 15 quid a game like Matt Andrew mentioned for Newcastle versus Wolves is is not anyone's cup of tea, but the clubs supposedly the buzz met about today and there's talks of the fee being scrapped altogether. So Andrew, um I know your owner came out in favor of it, Mike Ashley, which you know, to be and he, but you I mean he comes out against it, but he also voted for it. So work that one out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I think he was just trying to get a popular vote, to be honest. Yeah. In that, but um, I mean, fifteen quid in the in the moment with what's going on with COVID is just ridiculous. It's just crazy price, crazy cost. Like, how can you charge that much money? And I think the the thing is, is I I was surprised, I'll be honest, that the amount of money clubs spent this summer. Because I thought COVID would mean people didn't spend as much. And I know they've reduced it a little bit. But still, people were spending, you know, Liverpool spent £35 on Yota. You know, lots of clubs are spending. Like, the fans just get cut out. Like, they can't even go to the games. And they're getting ripped off as well (laughs) now. So, they just see the fans as cash cows, to be honest. I think till something is done and I think it's it's good if they do scrap it because I mean like I said 15 quid for Wolves Newcastle you know I, I wouldn't pay that
1: it's all done now I think it's good that uh, fans have actually overwritten that and they've they've come through really I mean 15 quid for a game I personally I don't I don't I don't understand it and I, I think the whole hashtag boycott pay-per-view that was trending I think for a few days after it come out it's actually worked, and I believe that for the yeah. Burnley game, I think it was only 74. And don't don't quote me on this, but I believe it was only 74 sales for one of the Burnley games on pay per view, which is just so I, there's no <laughs> surprise really when you look at the figures. And I think they refused to release the figures as well for the first round. So yeah, there's
3: Burnley, a
0: club, aren't they? I was gonna say it's a bit, it's a bit sort of does by itself that the Burnley game was the one that got like 70 viewers. <laughs> He's gonna to want to His pay for going. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was I was surprised that it actually, it like you said, they mentioned the hashtag. I was surprised that it worked and actually went through because I said at the time that football was just so important to too many fans a lot of them will just pay whatever it takes you know to watch their team even if they're not going to watch anyone else just to watch their own team particularly the smaller clubs that are not going to be on be selected by the the tv companies as much are going to be paying it more but i guess i know it's one of the few times where a trend on twitter actually makes a difference (laughs) but which i can't say i'm unhappy about i mean i don't i don't watch that much football because i don't have i don't have any of the sky or anything like that and you know, I don't, I'm obviously live miles away from my own club. So I can't, I haven't been able to watch football for a very long time. So it hasn't affected me particularly, uh, but I know a lot of people do rely on it. So it is going to be, it is going to be good for them for sure.
1: There I think- about the whole, you know, what you said about the whole Man United thing, how United, I think, were on a stupid amount of times last season. And I think mm. they, they worked out that it would be 130 quid, give or take, if a United fan wanted to watch their games pay-per-view, last year so it only affected them by 130 quid but if you're a Brighton fan and you wanted to watch last game last season's games that weren't only the Sky or BT it would cost you around 360 pounds that shows you just how ridiculous the whole pay-per-view scheme was because it's assessing those who are top six fans which I think most of the Premier League stuff does anyway but
0: yeah I I just don't get it yeah I mean Johnny I suppose We don't need to ask you. I mean, there's not much we can ask you more about it. But as an Arsenal fan who is probably going to be on TV the most out of any of our clubs, probably affects you the least, but still still an excellent decision.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I won't pay anyway. Fifteen quid. Um, I'd rather spend fifteen pounds to help my local food bank than uh, than pay mm. them pockets of that. To be fair. Um, which we
0: actually did. To be fair, I mean, Palace. Uh, there was a train going around where a lot of Palace fans were donating the fifteen quid that they'd pay for each game to the Croydon Food Bank. So, which I thought was which is really great, and I'm sure a lot of other clubs have been doing the same thing as well. So, yeah. Uh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, fifteen pounds too much. Uh, it's a wrong time. It uh, Leaves a bad taste in the mouth. They could have done it so much better. You know, if you do a five or a game, you know, if you're a member or whatever. But it didn't. And uh, yeah, it's right. It's going to be scrapped. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good decision.
0: Yeah. OK, then. So I guess the only thing left is the let's all laugh out for this week. For those who are new, this is where we each pick something from the week that we found particularly funny, by a player or a club or whatever it is. And we just have a bit of a laugh at it. So we'll start with you, Andrew. First one in a very long time. What have you gone for?
3: Denver bar scoring that goal. <laughs> <laughs> It was nice. I mean, I'm sure Liverpool fans got flashbacks of that goal when uh, he went through and Gerard slipped, isn't it? But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, Manu's defence organisation was childish, wasn't it? It was like, there's something you don't do is like when you're like 11 playing for school, you always make sure there's two or three people back on the halfway line. And he's, Denver Bar's not young anymore, he's 35. Like, it's just. Crazy. Wasn't, it, wasn't yeah. he playing
0: in Turkey like last season as well, or was that C- and actually? I think I was. I think it was Cissay, not Denver Bar I always get
3: the two mixed up. Yeah, they're both, they're both playing in. They're both playing in Turkey. They both played in China and they both played in Turkey. Denver Bar had like a terrible leg break. He was a he was an excellent player for for Newcastle. He just when he went to Chelsea, he just was like he couldn't get in at the time because they was when they were playing Torres constantly when, when constantly playing badly. <laughs> But yeah, it's, uh, Manu's defending is just—I mean—that's just, I mean, that's just <laughs> criminal, really, for an yeah. 80 million defender just to do to not to not like organize or do anything. It's just. Uh,
0: well, yeah. we've mentioned we've mentioned Harry Maguire multiple times on the show, won the award multiple times, so we won't beat that horse too much. Uh, we'll move on to Ryan. Have you got anything? I'll
1: go with. I'm going to go the whole refereeing performance of the Tottenham game. (laughs) The whole thing, regardless of what side you support, whether you're a Tottenham fan, whether you're a Brighton fan, you're going to be looking at that rope and you're going to be thinking, my God, how has he even still got a job? The Kane thing, I think, if anything, it's a foul on Lallana. (laughs) He's literally stuck his bum into him. He's fallen over the top of him. I don't, Lallana's literally looking at the ball. If you watch the game, if you watch the clip back, Lallana's, all his eyes are on the ball the Kane's literally looking at Lalana behind him, he's backed into him, he's fallen over. That that decision was a joke. And then it, the fact it was given as a penalty as well when he's got half a pixel with his foot in the box. And then overall the diving, you know, Kane son diving everywhere, um, and somehow still winning free kicks and it and <laughs> it is calling it clever. And I'm just thinking, how come it's clever for them, but for some others it's diving. I just I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. And yeah, so for me the laughable moment of the week is 100% that refereeing performance.
3: Tom has done some of the worst tackles over the last year. He has dived constantly, and he's got—I think he's had three red cards as well. He gets away with this innocent persona. <laughs>
0: well, I was going to—I was going to add to that by saying that. I mean, notice the difference when the media covers someone like Harry Kane, where it's just confusing the officials or inviting the challenge or whatever, compared to someone like Wilfred Zaha, who I'm not saying he's never dived before, but he does also get legitimate penalties as well, like the Wolves game the, the last week, and then gets slated for it when it's a clear foul. So it's, it's blatant inconsistency from, from the media and the referees. He does he dive
3: does quite a bit, though, Zaha as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be ganged up on that one, so we'll move on to Johnny quickly. Uh, what have you got, Johnny?
2: Well, it, it was going to be Alan McGraw his, and his and his colleagues at the back uh, last night, but I've actually gone for the uh the well the Chelsea versus Wren game last night and the quite frankly how the ref gave a penalty after looking at VAR and gave both a, a second yellow card for the handball. I, do you know what? I I I was just blob how that was given as handball and a red card. It was just. So you know, things like that with, with the VAR, it almost makes me go, I'm fed up of football, because that is it was just a joke. How we how we can even look at it when he's two yards away, he smashed it at him, it, it's his hand, all right, fine, but he can't move. And if you look at it and still make the wrong decision. It's just, it baffles the life out of me. And I mean, it, it, it's funny, but not funny, because that game could have kind of changed the game a little bit, because Ren had a couple of chances and stuff, but oh, it was just a joke. And it, it was funny, but not funny.
0: Yeah, it's not been, a, it's not been, I mean, we've we've spoken, done the VAR, beaten the VAR thing into the, into the ground if, if I was on this show, so I won't go into it too much, but it's not been a great couple of days. I mean, those those two instances were days apart. It's not been a good couple of days for that. Um, I mean, I mean, Ryan, we haven't really heard your thoughts on it, so I suppose I've, I've always said that you can't really blame the technology because the technology is just there to actually just be used as a tool. It's the actual officials themselves that are still using it. Well, you've still got the same officials there. Nothing's really going to change
1: it's the rules you know the the handball yeah. rule which got changed recently but I still don't even know the rules of it uh, the offside rule where you're if you're a pixel of your elbows out of offside then you're offside um, you know it's, it, yes okay it's the officials as well They're, they've they been dreadful I'm not going to back them whatsoever I mean I'm a Brighton fan and look at the Solly March tackle um, goal you know that was a definite foul from anyone's view um, he didn't get the ball even though like it out first he didn't didn't even touch it the referees looked at the monitor he's watched it about 20 times and still somehow comes the decision that it wasn't a foul and I mean this is coming from someone who's a fan of that club so yeah the officials the rules uh, it does wind me up and you know when you're at the game I know not we're not at the games at the moment but when you're at the game and you're watching you know the VAR screen comes up and it says you know checking potential offside and we're all looking at each other like, what offside? How, who's offside? We in not seen any offside. Yeah. And it, it, it takes about three or four or five minutes before you even know what's going on. And then you get a quick flash of it and then it's gone. Whether the decision's been given or not, it doesn't matter because you don't even have a clue what's going on anyway. So, yeah, there's a lot about VAR that I really dislike. But I also, I do like the fact that it's there to help. And I do agree with that to a degree, but the people using it are just complete clowns. So... <laughs> All the yeah. time you've got clowns in
2: charge of it, it, it it's not going to work. Even some of like the, some of the fouls that have been given as red cards and stuff, and they, they give one for something really soft, and they give that as red cards, and then it's something to be blatant, and they they give a it yellow. It's just it uh, I've just you're right though. It's not the VAR. The VAR's is there for a reason. It's the it's, the, it's the clowns that are using it. But yeah, I mean I, I don't understand why they've got referees in in Stockley Park. They should have have a panel of three, and an ex-professional and you know and people that actually play the game because I think there's referees sometimes I don't understand the rules themselves.
3: Maybe Mezzo could do
2: it. He's got nothing. He's else.
3: Busy. He's busy, he can't do that. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, yeah, well. In
0: terms of that conversation, I also want to throw in. This isn't my nomination, but I want to throw in the refereeing from the Palace Wolves game last night as well, because I thought it was ridiculous. I thought that uh, the penalty that we were given and then was ruled out was was wrong. I thought that wasn't right, and I thought that. I mean, the red card, I thought they got right as well, to be fair. But I thought that things like the other fouls was just I I thought it was totally inconsistent and I think that again it's We haven't had the worst luck with refereeing performances so far. We've had some bad ones, but there's also been teams that have had a lot worse than us, but either way, it's just, you can't be letting that sort of performance at any club sort of just get on its way. So I'm going a little bit backwards for my one, because obviously it's been a few weeks since we've last done it. I'm going, and I'm leaving England for this one. I know technically the Champions League was away from England, it's in Europe, but it was still technically in England. But uh, anyways, I'm going for VVV Venlo in Holland, who I believe that's how you pronounce it. I'm hoping I'm not butchering it, although I probably am. Losing 13 nil to Ajax at home I understand Ajax are the best team in the league by, by quite comfortably but you know when you're losing 13 nil at home it's, you know it's you can you, you can you have you know there's not much more you can say about that you, you'll have better days surely
2: yeah it's embarrassing it's 13 nil yeah that's uh yeah I can believe it actually I was in the pub before, and I was like it's it, it was only 4 nil at half time wasn't it, I
0: was, I mean, it was, yeah it was an incredible game incredible yeah so in terms of uh, I think we're going to have to go for the referees, and I'm leaning more towards the the Chelsea Ren one personally, particularly because of the penalty and the red card at the end. But I'm happy to I'm happy to throw Spurs Brighton in there as a as a honourable mention slash side slide winner.
2: <laughs> and the thing is, we've we've um, and uh, the thing is, I mean, of course, being an Arsenal fan, I'm gonna of course I'm gonna slag him off a little bit. And, you know, he, he gets called clever, but then if it was someone like I don't know, someone like a like an Adamiang for instance, or like a Joe Linton. Probably get called a cheat for doing stuff like that but as it's the, the darling harry kane who can't do no wrong he just he seems to get away with it every every week as well it's not like it's like every, so often, every week he, he he dives and he gets away with it somehow
1: referee from that game is going to be dropped for this weekend i can't remember what his name was now but i believe he hasn't he's been completely dropped though at least they're actually punishing the the rest for that bad a performance because yeah it was horrific
0: well, they can't do that every week. Is the problem because then we'd have no referees left.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. The um, might, then to be fair, the game might be alright without no referees. To be fair. <laughs> to make their own
0: decisions. See what happens then.
2: Uh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> might get a bit more consistency at least. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, that's about all the time we've got to home for. So before we go, uh, Ryan, where can we find you? <laughs>
1: uh, Ryan, has it uh, on on Twitter, bhafc Ryan. Yeah, that's that's about it. I don't like to plug myself. I hate doing all that stuff. If you want to follow me, follow me. If you don't want to follow me, don't follow me. We'll leave all,
0: we'll leave all the relevant links in the description. We always do. So you can find you can you can find all this stuff there. You can find us on YouTube and Spotify at Let's All Laugh at a Football Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at LALA underscore podcast. You can find Johnny's work at Life's a Pitch. Or you can find all of our social media in the in the description. Thanks to Johnny and Andrew for joining us. Thanks to Ryan for being our guest. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Take care.